Um, our mission at Shoreline is never going to change. It's always going to be win, disciple, and send. And we're always going to be centered on God's word, the inerrancy of scripture, proclaiming Christ. You're listening to the Shoreline Church Podcast. My name is Pilgrim Benham, and I'm the lead pastor of Shoreline. And today on the podcast, we have a very special edition. This is what we call Vision Sunday, where we get a chance to look back at the previous year and see what God has done in 2018 and look ahead at 2019. All right, well, Happy New Year again to everyone. I have the privilege of kicking things off this morning uh, as we seek the Lord together, as we look back at 2018 and as we look forward to 2019. This is always a special Sunday, a little bit different, little bit, uh, not, a little bit out of the ordinary, uh, but it's exciting. We've got a lot of exciting things to share with you and also just to praise the Lord for. So last month, uh, we as elders, we got away for a day. We took some time, and we spent it in prayer. We spent it in Bible study, and we spent it in evaluation. And we look back at 2018, and we thank, we were thanking the Lord for the many, many areas that he is allowing us to serve in as a church. And we also discussed areas that we need to grow in as well. We definitely have many ways that we can grow in. Uh, and we then turned our focus to 2019 and what the Lord would have us focus on for this year. So the purpose uh, of this Sunday is to reflect for a bit on last year. That's my job. Uh, Pastor Marcos, he's going to come up. He's going to share our theme for 2019 uh, from the Word of God. And Pastor Pilgrim is going to share some practical plans and goals um, for 2019 and even beyond. Um, and as we begin this morning, I just want to uh, quickly dispel uh, any wrong ideas about the term, even the term Vision Sunday. Um, sometimes when you hear the phrase, uh, our vision for next year is, uh, maybe your mind may go to a corporate setting, right? And we see a CEO like, like Steve Jobs or uh, Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos. Um, they come out on the stage and there's a lot of hype, right? There's a lot of hype, there's loud music, there's flashing lights, there's a big screen behind them and they're gonna roll out some uh, anticipated new product. Um, and the audience is very excited. They lean forward uh, with anticipation and there's oohs and, and ahs um, during the big reveal. They're excited, what's the, next, what's the next best thing? I can't wait to hear. Um, but this is not, and I know you know this, but this is not what we are about um, here at Shoreline. The church is not a company. Uh, Pastor Pilgrim is not the CEO. Uh, rather, rather, the model that we see in scripture is plurality of leadership. Elders who are striving to be faithful to scripture and to the mission of the church with Jesus at the head. And our vision um, our mission at Shoreline is never going to change. It's always going to be win, disciple, and send. And we're always going to be centered on God's word, the inerrancy of scripture, proclaiming Christ. We even meant, already mentioned this morning that our shirts say it's all about Jesus. That's never going to change. It is truly about the person and work of Christ. But however, from year to year, the Lord does impress upon us and lead us to focus on certain areas. So 
that's our purpose this morning. So with that in mind, let's look back briefly at 2018. Just want to share some things with you, some things that as we were meeting together, some things that we were thankful for um, as we celebrate four years as a church. That's exciting. A couple things. First, we were able to see James Getke and Michael David officially installed as deacons and as directors of children and youth ministries. Um, that's very exciting. Last year, as you know, our theme was depth and devotion. And so we were able to see in a number of areas going deeper into the ministries. And one of the ways to do that is to see consistent leaders appointed to these ministries. And so we were thankful to see them come on board. Next, the Lord provided a great office that we've been able to use for so many things already just in this last year. Weekly meetings. The youth group meets there, senior lunch meets there, worship team meets there. We've been able to have a conference there. We have our library there, which if you haven't checked it out, so many great books to go and read. So please do that. And of course, I have to mention, we have great coffee too, of course. Great coffee, a lot of work has gone into a great coffee bar. We're thankful for that as well. But we're thankful for a great office space. Next, and this is, this is important, this is a big one. Uh, we've seen the Lord uh, protect us as a church from false teachers. It may not be something that immediately comes to your head, um, but we live in a day and age where there's um, false teaching just rampant in the church in America. It may be, it may be audacious uh, cults that we know right off the bat are, oh, okay, that's wrong, that's against scripture. But the father of lies, he likes to sneak in things into the church very subtly. I have a, a quote here from A.W. Pink. He said, when the father of lies enters the pulpit, it is not his custom to flatly deny the fundamental truths of Christianity. Rather, he tacitly acknowledges them and then proceeds to give erroneous interpretation and false application. Um, that's a great definition of false teacher. So it's so important that we, together as a church, each one of us, that we're, we know the word of God, we know to defend the word of God, and we can stand against any false teaching that comes. But we're praising the Lord because we, uh, as we look back at 2018, we had no serious um, false teaching threats in the church. So we need to thank him for that. Last Sunday, Pastor Pilgrim mentioned uh, the SOS ministry, uh, and the SOS ministry um, and then just broadly, one of the things we're thankful for is seeing the church rise up to meet needs, to pray for each other, to meet physical and spiritual needs. SOS is just a great example of that. But we've also, you know, as a church rallied around the Gatanis family, been able to lift them up, not finances, but also through practical things like meals, even going on right now, sending them meals, we're praying for them. Um, and so we've been able to see this happen uh, over this yes, last year in a lot of ways. So that's encouraging. We want to see the church loving uh, on each other for meeting each other's needs, not just coming, as Pastor Pilgrim said, not just coming um, and listening to the sermon and just getting out of here as soon as we can, but to get to know each other so we can pour into each other's lives. Also, we've been encouraged by the response of Playroo. Playroo is our young adults ministry. They meet once a month. Um, and in this day and age, any time when you have young folks, millennials, folks in their 20s, young marrieds and singles getting together because they're excited to sing doctrinally sound songs and to be taught sound doctrine from God's word, that's something that we need to celebrate. Um, because we have, I know you hear the statistics, there's so many young folks are walking away from church. 
um, or maybe going to really shallow churches where the truth is not being taught. But we are thankful um, for Playroom because um, we're seeing just 20 to 30 uh, young folks each month coming together, and that's exciting if, as we're looking at the next generation. Also, we're praising the Lord for continued favor with the YMCA. Uh, we've been able to meet here uh, week after week after week and have a good relationship with the staff and the leadership with YMCA. So we need to thank them as well. If you have a chance, I don't know how much you interact with some of the employees here, um, but if you can, try and, try and make a point of reaching out to them, greeting them, um, just sharing the love of Christ with them as we, as we come. Because they, they see us come in and out every, every, every Sunday. Um, so just to keep that in mind. Also, we're continuing to refine our local outreach and our overseas missions. This is very important. One of the things that I always look at as a church is what are they doing uh, to, to answer the call of the Great Commission, uh, both locally and overseas? And if a church is, is not doing that, that there's a serious problem. Um, so we've gone through this year, and we've really talked about as an elder team, hey, what are the qualifications for local organizations that we're going to support and for overseas missionaries that we're going to support? And so we've been able to refine that and to come alongside um, the local orgs that we support and also two singles and two families who are serving with mission organizations. Um, and we've been a part of sending out Mackenzie and Megan. That's huge, and that's something that we want to continue doing as a church to be part of the Great Commission. And most of all, and this is, this is so important, we're encouraged um, that there has been faithful, consistent, expository Bible teaching every Sunday here at Shoreline. And we need to thank Pastor Pilgrim for that um, because, yes, it is, it is hard work to prepare a sermon week after week after week. It is hard. Um, so... Uh, we need to lift up and pray for and encourage Pastor Pilgrim um, because he is faithful in doing that, bringing the word to us every Sunday, and also others as well who have come. So that is a big, um, that is a big win. We're thankful for that. And then finally, um, we're thanking the Lord for financial provision. Um, and that leads me into the next area we want to talk about briefly. How are we doing financially as a church? This is an important question. And on this note, uh, we need to thank John Wilson, Ryan Fulmer, and Laura Smoot. Can we just give them a hand? Yeah. Uh, they've, been, they've been faithfully serving, uh, for serving our church in the area of finances. Uh, John and Ryan, they've provided oversight and expertise into our finances. And Laura, she just has a great mind for numbers and bookkeeping, and she just keeps us all on track. So we're very thankful um, for the three of them. So I'm just gonna highlight a couple areas financially where we're at um, as a church, but this is by no means exhaustive. We don't have the time to go into every line item, but if you have questions, we have open books here. So if you have questions on any specifics, we're more than happy to talk to you, to show you these things. So just, just come and speak with us. Uh, but a couple things here. Uh, very encouraging is that our giving as a church has been consistent. Um, we average about $20,000 a month in giving, um, and we ended this year with an $8,000 surplus. Um, so praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for being obedient to Scripture, for giving cheerfully and sacrificially. Um, that's what we're called to do as a body, so we're thankful for that. Now, our monthly expenses each month, they average at about $19,000 a month. 
Um, so you can see our giving is just, uh, just a little bit above what our monthly expenses are. And so that's good. So that tells us, number one, that we're meeting our budget each month. And number two, it tells us that hey, we're not hoarding money. Uh, the money that's coming in is, most of it is going right back out into the ministries of the church. Um, but even though we're not hoarding money, it is wise to save. It's very wise to save. And so we've been doing that as well. And we have about $25,000 in a money market account. Um, and that's for the future. That's for the future building, whatever, however the Lord leads us. Um, but we're going to continue saving this year as well because we think that's very wise. Um, so we are planning for the future. Um, staff side, we, we currently just have two paid staff. Of course, we have Pastor Pilgrim. He's full-time. And then we also have James Getke. Um, he's part-time with us. Um, we decided to supplement his income a little bit because he's doing so much um, as the youth director and also as managing the port coffee. Um, so we came alongside them and started paying him a little bit on the part-time side. As far as rent goes, uh, we pay each month about 4,000, just a little over 4,000 each month for rent. Um, there's 3,100 for our office and 1,250 a month to meet here at the YMCA. So that's what our, our rent is. Um, on the giving side, and this is going back to missions, that question, what are we doing for missions? So important. This year, we've given $24,376 to our local, or, o, local organizations and overseas missions. Can we get a, hand of, a round of applause for that? Yeah. That's a large number, and that's exciting. Um, but like I said before, that's something we want to increase uh, we want to be giving as much money um, to the work around the world as we can. Um, and so um, as we have other organizations and other missionaries come our way, we'll be evaluating that. But that's something we want to increase. Uh, we've also put about $25,000 to discipleship and outreach this year. Um, and that is kind of a broad category, but that, that includes all our special events, um, our Christmas, our Easter services, um, any special events like the... Um, the pool and movie night that we had last year, any of those. Um, and it also goes into our ministries. It goes into our women's and men's ministries. It goes into our community group. It goes into the Port Coffee, our library and resource table. Um, so we're putting a large chunk of money right back um, to see our ministries thrive and grow. So that's important. So by God's grace, this is just a small snapshot, but we are healthy uh, from a financial and we need to thank and praise the Lord for that. And we ask you, please, please pray for wisdom um, for our finance team, for us as elders, as we plan for 2019 uh, and beyond. Um, we, need, we need your prayers desperately. Uh, we will share about this year's theme and scripture passage with Oh, actually, sorry. You can stand right here. I forgot one thing. I forgot one thing. Um, just getting, getting back to the um, the idea of Vision Sunday. I just wanted to close, as we think about vision, um, the, the hymn that always comes to mind for me is Be Thou My Vision. And so even as we're talking about what is the vision for 2019, really this hymn is what it's all about. So I just want to read this to you. You know most of the lyrics. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, be thou my true word. I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great father, I thy true son. Thou in me dwelling and I with thee one. 
Be thou my shield and my sword for the fight. Be thou my dignity, be thou my might. Thou my soul shelter and thou my high tower. Raise thou me heavenward, O power of my power. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance now and always. Thou and thou only be first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure thou art. High King of heaven, when victory is won, may I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. Thank you, Pastor Micah. Good morning, everyone. I um, just kind of wanted to start with just praising the Lord for this church. Um, I'm, I'm really just in awe of what God's doing. Um, it's cool that we do this vision on, on the anniversary of when the church kind of was, was started. Um, and I remember when Pastor Pilgrim and I were working at Calvary Chapel School, seventh and eighth, I was the seventh grade, he was the eighth grade teacher, but hearing of what was going on here, um, and at the time we, we weren't here, or I should say you all weren't here because I wasn't there, but we weren't at the Y, we were somewhere else, but um, it's just, it, it is, it's awesome to see what God has done, to see how he continues to grow us and continues to add on to us, um, and it's, it, I'm in awe and I'm also humbled to be part of the leadership here, to be able to help out in, in building us up as a church. Um, and yeah, I just wanna just thank the Lord, excuse me as I kind of get myself together here. Um, I just wanna just thank the Lord. I, I, I like how Micah, Pastor Micah was just giving thanks. I think we need to continue to give thanks to the Lord. That, you know, and I think we, I would ask that you would pray for us, for our wives, our marriages, our families, um, particularly for Pastor Pilgrim and, and Jenny, who have, who've really put themselves out there in, in starting this church, um, obviously by the grace of God, but because we're, we're out there on the front lines. We're putting ourselves out there, and, and we need your prayers. We, we desperately need your prayers. Um, so please don't, don't forget us. Um, not that you do or, or that you would. <laughs> I just, I just think it's good to be reminded of those things. Um, so our <clears throat> new uh, vision is um, run with endurance. And it's based out of Hebrews 12, uh, chap uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 1 through 3. So before I read that, I just want to pray. Um, so let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I just thank you again. Thank you for Micah. Thank you for Pilgrim, uh, all the faithful people here today. Lord, we just pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would just build us up this morning, help us to continue to worship you, even in the failures, even in the, the trials. Help us to look to you, Lord, and not let go of who you are and who we are in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so... Run with endurance. Uh, 2018 was depth and devotion. But um, let's take a look at, at Hebrews 12 now, um, starting at uh, verse 1. 
Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us let, let excuse me, let us lay aside every weight and the wind, the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So I just kind of want to do a recap of what we were learning last year regarding depth and devotion and why that ties in so perfectly to what we're going to be focused on next year. Um, so in 2018, depth and devotion, we were read, understanding why it's important to read the Bible and, and to study the Bible, to meditate on the Word of God, um, why it's important to be praying and the other spiritual disciplines that, that as, as believers were, were called to, to be part of, um, like fasting, for example. There's many of them. I'm not going to go into all of them, but um, that's part of what we learned that brings us into that deeper devotion with the Lord. Um, those things that we can't, we can't have the deeper devotion if we're not doing those things. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. And so Bible reading is, is really what I'm going to highlight and studying of the Bible. But what I really wanted to hit on also is that these are not just, this is not just something that we did in 2018. This is something that we're doing for the rest of our lives, right? We're going to continue to pursue, pursue the Lord. We're going to continue to seek his face. We're going to continue to understand who he is. Um, and, and be reminded of those things because we have bad memories and we have to, to be reminded all the time. That's why in the, in the scriptures you, you see so much repetition, right? In the Old Testament, sometimes you might even get frustrated reading it because it's like, why is this so repetitive? But it's because we need it. It's because we forget all the time and we have to be reminded. Um, so at any rate, they are, they are lifelong practices. And so in, in order to continue in them, we need endurance. We need to be able to run in that, in, in this, this walk, or you could say this, this run, this, this marathon that we're in. Um, and we can't do that in our own strength, right? That's because if we try, we'll fall and fail. Um, we, we need to have the, the uh, endurance that only God can provide. And, and Micah touched on that a little bit about um, with regards to, you know, us, us relying on the Lord. Um, one thing also I would like to highlight in verse 1, it talks about the sin which so easily ensnares us um, as, a, as like a weight, right? Uh, so, so it's important that we know who God is through his word, but it's, it's also equally as important that we apply what we know, right? And part of that is laying aside that weight, the weight of sin. So if we don't just learn these things to know them, we learn these things to be holy, right? To, to glorify God in our lives, not to just, to just, uh, to just have a lot of knowledge. Um, so that, this idea of putting off that 
weight of sin that will ensnare us. So what's a, what's a snare? It's a trap, right? So you can't run a race if you're, if you're tied down, right? So sin is going to tie us down. So it's important that we look to the Lord for help in that area, right? And, and I, would, I would say that, what does that look like practically? And, and that, to me, that, that, that is leaning on the Holy Spirit, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and, and what you already know right now as, as students of the word, as, as believers, to just lean into that and allow the Holy Spirit to let you to, to know what's, wrong, what's right and what's wrong so that you can, you can live in a way that honors God. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so um, becoming familiar with the Bible is the way that we know what God requires and what honors him, what, what is going to please him, uh, and what, what does it look like to, to love the Lord. Um, so that's why it's important for us to become familiar with the Bible. And you probably, I mean, if, if any of you have had a conversation with me, I probably sound like a broken record. That's kind of the thing that I always hit on because I think it, I see the importance of it, right? The Lord has shared himself with us through his word. That's why Micah's, uh, Micah's music, the, the music that he chooses is so profound because it's based on that. It's based on the word of God. So if we come here and we sing about an everlasting God who is perfect in, in, in the work of Christ, but then we go home and we don't know who that God is through his word, it's, it's, we're, gonna, we're just not going to sustain that, that endurance that we need to continue to, to seek him. So, um, so, yeah, so the sin will slow us down. As in a race, if we're running in a race, we want to run to win. We don't want to have that sin slow us down. Um, so one of the things that I also wanted to point out with regards to that, the statement I made about the Holy Spirit be leaning on the conviction, so the Holy Spirit is our helper. So I want to take a look at John 14, two verses in there that highlight, you know, the fact that the Holy Spirit is, is, is for us to, not only does he dwell within us, but he shows us and guides us. So I'll begin at verse 16. It says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another, a helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. That, that reality right there should just make us be in awe of the Lord. We have the Holy Spirit of God living within us. And he's, he's leading us, right? He's the, he, one of the things I want to highlight, though, is that he's, in verse 17, it says he's the spirit of truth, right? So the, he's the spirit that leads us into the truth. He's the one that's going to show us what's right, show us what's wrong. And so that's why we need to lean into, not reject the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but, uh, but embrace it. And it's not always going to, most of the time, it's not going to feel good, right? Most of the time, it's going to be like, well, that, I, don't, I, I just want to do what I want to do anyway, because it feels good, right? Sin feels good to the flesh. 
Um, so we just have to put that aside. And for the remainder of, the, of, of this, this vision um, kind of teaching that I'm doing, I want us to look at the examples that we have, a couple of examples in the Old Testament, because it talks about a great cloud of witnesses, right? Those are faithful people in the Old Testament. Uh, so verse in verse um, 1, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded, verse 1 of Hebrews 12, sorry, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Um, so they're an example for us, right? And if any of you have read the Old Testament, you see how, how they failed. They, they weren't doing things the way that, that the Lord wanted them to do, but yet in, in their faithfulness to the Lord, even though they messed up, they came back to the Lord and he would accomplish his work through them. Right? It's about Christ. It's about the Lord. It's not about us. We come here together to be a blessing to each other, but also ultimately... It's for him. It's, all, it's about Jesus. Um, so, one, so there's two people that I want to talk about that failed, but that God was glorified through. The first one is Samson. Um, and Samson, you all know he was a Nazarite, so he had vows that he needed to keep. Um, for example, he couldn't cut his hair. That's the big one that we know about. Um, but his, so he decided that he wanted things more than keeping his vows to the Lord, right? And he decided to, do, to break those vows for his own pleasure. Yet the Lord humbled him, and the Lord used him at the end of his life to gain victory over the Philistines. Um, and so he's an example of failure, but that people who fail can be used to glorify God. Um, David is another example that we have of, of many great things that he did. But one, there's a couple things that he did that weren't so great, right? Sending Uriah in the front lines to die so that he could have an affair with this guy's wife. How bad does it, does it get worse than that? Probably. Um, but it's pretty bad. And then yet, we have the Christ come through the lineage of David, you know? Um, so ultimately what I think what we need to remember is that it's about the Lord. It's, he's the focus, right? We need to love God and love others, but we need to allow God to, to rule, um, to, be, um, to be number one in our lives. Like, in, like how we opened up with Colossians chapter one. You know, allow God to be preeminent in our lives, meaning the number one thing in our lives, the number one person in our lives. So God was glorified through them. They believed the word of God. They followed after the Lord. Yes, they messed up, but ultimately, like, like us, we mess up, right? They messed up, we mess up, we are imperfect people which is why we need Christ. That's the basis of the gospel. God, God came because we couldn't accomplish what. Christ accomplished what we couldn't accomplish. Um, so, they didn't let go of their faith. And 
it's important for us to remember to read the Bible. The Old Testament records all these things for a specific reason, to show us, to remind us that, that we need Christ. And it's, it's crucial to our development spiritually as, as, as believers, as, as sheep, that we look to the Lord through his word um, so that we can live a life of worship, a holy life. Praise the Lord through, through the worship of him. Um, and then finally, in verse 2 of Hebrews, it talks about Christ. Um, and Micah spoke about the person and work of Christ. And that's exactly it. We're looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, then, so we're con- we need to consider him. We have examples in the Old Testament, but they failed. And th- we have the, the only example that was perfect, that accomplished everything that we couldn't, and that's in Christ. He's the author and finisher of our faith. So we just need to press into him, to look to him. That's the only way that we'll endure is to looking to Christ. He's our hope. He gave himself up for us, and because of him, we can persevere. So I would like to leave you with that and invite Pastor Pilgrim on up here. Thank you. Thank you, Marcos. So while we're in Hebrews 12, look at, look at uh, verse 2 really quick. Just had it and I lost it. Hebrews 12, 2. Uh, if you notice there, this just kind of jumped off the page as Marcos was sharing. Uh, but notice that we're to look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter, right? So he's at, and, and he's talking about this race. Jesus is there at the starting block with the starting gun, if you've ever been in a race. He's there at the beginning. And then he's there at the end as you cross that finish line. And, and that is a race for all of us individually as Christ followers. But that's also, as we're kind of looking at now the new year, 2019, that's kind of a, a picture for us as a church, Today we're celebrating, and we can, we can maybe clap for this, we're celebrating today our four-year anniversary as a church. Isn't that awesome? So cool. It's really remarkable the work that God has done, but what I want to share for a few moments is the work as we look ahead. And again, this verse reminds us to, to lay aside, to look ahead, and to consider And so um, this idea of running a race with endurance is going to require a few things. I I don't know if you guys know this, but I've been running lately. Uh, I've been um, trying to get a little bit more in shape, and so I've been running. You're like, I can't can't tell. Um, That's fine. Um, But I have. I've been running a lot more, and no one was chasing me, so this is a new thing for me. Uh, and so I've learned a few things about running that I didn't know previously. And again, if, you've, if you go from couch to 5K, these are new learns. So I just want to share a few of these with you on screen. So I've learned that if you want to run with endurance, number one, you need nutrition. Invariably, at some point when you're running and you've never run before, there will be a desire to want to quit. Uh, so what happens is you start running, your body starts cramping, 
And if this has happened to you, you can nod your head in agreement. Or your heart rate goes beyond what you think is humanly possible. This is not healthy. Why am I doing this? Your knees begin to feel sore and they, they're uh, cramping. Everything in your body is screaming, stop. But we're not to give up if we're really going to finish the race. And so we are told in Ecclesiastes, the race is not to the swift and it's not to the strong. It's not about how we start the race. It's about how we finish it. And so that means staying hydrated and also eating right. Now, as much as you guys know this more than anyone, as much as I love donuts, I can't pick up a Peachy's donut and then start the race, running the race with the donut in my mouth. It's irresponsible for me to do that. Uh, I need to eat the right food to maximize my strength. So I'm still going to eat donuts, but it's going to be on those cheat days on occasion, huh? not when I'm running. Uh, but ultimately, without the right fuel, uh, I'm going to be done before I even start the race. So we need nutrition. Secondly, if you're running with endurance, you need commitment. Uh, you have to be willing to make sacrifices to run. In this hot part of the country, you have to run in the morning usually. So that means waking up early. Uh, that means you have to sacrifice your appetite sometimes. Your freedoms, um, you have to sacrifice those to truly benefit from running. Today you've never run and you're going to sign up for you know, the, the half marathon or the full marathon. I'm going to be an Ironman runner in next week. That's not going to happen. This is a lifelong or decade-long hobby. What happens, though, that I've been noticing is you start to get a little bit faster. You start to get a little bit stronger. You get a little bit better. Uh, and, and, and that requires time. So I, I found that I can run at least to the end of my driveway now, and I actually can make it to the end of the driveway. So progress, okay? Baby steps. Thank you. Thank you. And so uh, that implies commitment. So you're committed to getting up early and not throwing the towel at the end of the first mile. Thirdly, running with endurance takes preparation. Uh, you could just do what I did the other day. I laced up my shoes early, and I ran 3.2 miles in one direction. And then I realized, this was before my coffee, and then I realized, oh, wait, I have to run 3.2 miles back home. <laughs> and I was late to take the kids to school. And so um, maybe you're not foolish like me, but you have to plan your route. You have to a little bit know where you're going. You have to choose your path carefully. Uh, you have to make sure you're hydrated, wear the right shoes, wear the right stretchy pants. Whatever it takes, you've got to be prepared for the race. And you don't run into traffic, you find the safe sidewalk to run on. And likewise, these three areas... If Paul uh, or the writer of Hebrews is likening our Christian walk to a race, it's not a sprint, it's a long marathon, then I think that these three things apply to us. I think that these, and again, that's not necessarily in the text, but I just kind of see this ahead for us this year as a church. If the Lord's going to fulfill this vision in 2019 of us running with endurance, then we're going to need preparation, we're going to need commitment, and we're going to also need nutrition. I want to walk through these for a minute. Uh, let's start with nutrition, okay? This is the personal growth in every believer's life, whether it's scripture memory, uh, Bible reading, prayer, learning systematic theology, reading books, listening to podcasts. We want our church to continue, like Marco said, this isn't something, oh, we're done with that now that the new year has started. No, we actually want to run with endurance even more so into the spiritual disciplines and growing this year. So what is your plan personally to grow in the Lord this year? I'm not talking about resolutions because half of us have forgotten those. It's the 13th. We're falling off the wagon. But what are your goals this year to grow spiritually 
as you pursue the Lord. For me, um, I'm actually using a, a Bible reading plan this year called Bible Eater. It's kind of fun. You can look it up, BibleEater.com, I think it is, or search for it. Uh, we're working with a small group of people online to memorize Romans 1 through 6. So I've got people holding me accountable to memorize a big chunk of Scripture uh, together. I'm trying to read more this year, whether it's listening uh, to an audiobook uh, or a podcast as I'm driving and not sports radio. Let's be honest, unless you're a Lightning fan, there's not a lot of sports radio locally to get excited about. Um, I'm also trying to read a systematic theology book in my downtime. Uh, now, all of those things are not just for me to be a better pastor, though those will help. These are just for me to be a better follower of Christ. I just want to grow in my personal walk with Jesus. So what are you going to consume this year? What are you going to Some of us are like, well, I'm going to binge watch on Netflix or I'm going to scroll Instagram. Well, I want to encourage you this year. Uh, to go on, if you have a smartphone, go to the screen time and see how much time we spend on our phones. And, and I just challenge you as I'm challenging my own life uh, to lay aside what lasts for eternity. So nutrition, having a proper nutrition. Secondly, commitment. We, elder team, as an elder team, we would love for all of our shoreliners this year to prayerfully commit to being involved in a smaller group of believers, specifically community groups. Uh, that is more than just a small desire. That's what we're praying for all of us as shoreliners to consider. And we believe there should be a community group for every uh, 10 to 15 believers here, which if we take the whole church and divide by 10 or 15, that means we should have about 9 to 15 community groups. And last time we had four. So we have work to do in this area. We would love to see everyone commit to either biweekly or weekly a community group uh, to be laying aside our freedoms, like our schedules, like our home, our family time, and practice hospitality or commit to people even when it's hard. And every week there's something, get me, like there's something every week, but to be able to lay aside and restrict our time uh, to uh, pour into others and grow with them. What is your plan this year uh, to make commitments to the Lord and to his church? Some of us can serve. Maybe it's serving here locally uh, in some aspect of the church. Our setup team, uh, our security team, our worship team, our media and sound team, our kids ministry team, uh, even our specialized teams like uh, with our men's ministry, our, our senior launch, our uh, ladies ministry, all these areas we would love more serving, more volunteers. And we leave that up to you to um, commit to the Lord. So the third thing, which is probably the most exciting, is preparation. Preparation. We love our partnership with the YMCA, and, and Micah mentioned a moment ago that we have about 25000 saved up in a special account. That's in addition to about 20000 that is in our normal operating account. So we have around almost $50,000 saved up, and so we want to continue seeing that. Um, and we love our partnership with the YMCA. However, setting up and tearing down every week is very laborious, and it can be actually exhausting for our setup and teardown team. Can we give them a round of applause real quick for serving? Awesome. We love the amount of space that this, this partnership affords us. We love it. Uh, and how inexpensive the cost is between here and the port. Uh, but we would love to not have to set up and tear it down every week because we only have access to it four hours a week. That's it. 
as you dismiss and uh, fold up your chairs later, uh, within about an hour, people will be running up and down playing basketball here. And so we only have this space for a limited amount of time. We have the port venue. Again, we've mentioned that amazing space for uh, all of our kind of uh, church family ministry um, events, our ladies and, and whatnot. And this year, we want to do a lot more with it and maybe even um, trim our hours from being open in the mornings to doing more specialized events. We're praying through that uh, as leadership. We want to be good stewards of this space. However, the port, if you've been there, it's great, but it has no space for childcare. And it's not large enough to accommodate our Sunday gatherings, especially when we want to uh, see more lost people come to faith. Wouldn't it be awesome if there is a space that incorporated both our Sunday gatherings and our midweek meetings? And that's what I am asking, what we as leaders are asking us as a church to begin praying and preparing for. Uh, our elders <clears throat> excuse me, have prayed, and we want to ask us as a church to be uh, to begin preparing to be in our own dedicated space, whether we lease uh, or own it, and for that first service to be on Easter of 2020. That is our prayer uh, and, and kind of our preparation. And so that will require us, I thought the setup team was gonna clap for that. I know that they were excited about that. Uh, that's gonna require all of us, all of us, uh, being willing to tithe and give as unto the Lord. And that's going to mean even some special offerings and gifts as uh, needed. I mentioned two weeks ago at the outdoor service that the future of this church is not a building. The future of Jesus' church is not an asset. It's not a building. It's not a property. However, the next logical step for us being transient as a church is, we believe, to take a next step uh, and facility uh, one property where we can facilitate all that we're doing and we can best advance the gospel and win, disciple, and send people. So are you ready this year to run with endurance? It's gonna take preparation, it's gonna take commitment, it's gonna take proper nutrition, so to speak, to run and finish with joy. But isn't that how Jesus ran his race? Look at verse three. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. Why? So that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Uh, we're going to invite the worship team up and our ushers, and we're going to distribute the elements during the song we're about to sing. And as a church family, we're going to partake these elements together. But uh, we're going to do what the writer of Hebrews says. We're going to consider him. We're going to look to Jesus this year. We're going to always be a church that is all about Jesus, that submits to Jesus, that commits our future to Jesus. And so as we walk into this year, I just want to acknowledge some of you may be faint-hearted and some of you may be weary. And I want to encourage us to reset, to refix our eyes on him, to consider him. Jesus ran his race and the end result was not the cross. He ran his race to the cross and yet the writer of Hebrews says it was for the joy set beyond the cross. And when he finished you know, dying on the cross, rising from the dead, that he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And he's also coming again. And so this morning, when we take communion in a moment, we look ahead with great expectation of what the Lord desires to do in 2019 and beyond, but we look to Jesus ultimately. So if you bow your heads with me, we're going to take communion together as a way of saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your provision. And Lord, we want to see more done this year. So let's pray that together. Father, thank you for Christ. Thank you that we have all that we need 
for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. Lord, we ask this morning as the elements are distributed, as we hold on to the bread and the juice, Lord, that we would, even in this moment, we would consider you. As our eyes are closed, we would fix our minds on Calvary, on that sacrifice that you made for us. Thank you that you, Lord, you looked beyond the horrors of the cross to the joy set before you. Lord, we want to commit this time to you. And so as we sing, Lord, remind us of what you did for me, for us at Calvary. We thank you, Lord, for your faithful love. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Shoreline Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Lakewood Ranch YMCA. You can get more content and more information by visiting thisisshoreline.com. If you have any questions or any prayer needs, please don't hesitate to email us at info at God bless you.